0: Thank you. On a short notice, she gave us a treat this morning. Mold me. Change me according to your will. Is that our prayer or not? Amen. Thank you, Gloria, again. May God bless her. Good Good morning. How are we doing today? In spite of all the sickness, thank God who are here. I thank God for you. And I pray that the Lord will keep you safe from uh, this flu that is hitting uh, our nation and thank God we pray for those who are not with us mention them in your prayers and hopefully we'll have them all with us next week. Before I uh, start my message this morning, uh, I heard a nice story I would like to share, share it with you. Uh, Last week or two weeks ago, Jennifer and Steve Randall came to me and told me the following, and uh, Jennifer said I was, it was night, a night, night time, and Timothy got out of bed concerned, and uh, he came running to me, and he said, mom, mom, I'm disturbed because suppose the Lord comes and I'm not saved. He's 10 years old, mind you. But he's been coming to church. He's been in Sunday school. Thank you, Sunday school. He has a, a Christian father and mother and a beautiful brother. And he said, Mom, I want to make sure in case Jesus comes, I want to go to heaven. How about that? She said, okay. She sat him, explained the way of salvation to him, encouraged him, shared the gospel. And he said, well, let's pray. They went down on their knees beside her bed, and he asked Jesus into his heart. He's sitting at the, the, in the chair and his head is bowed down and says, I hope there's a hole I can hide. (laughs) No, Steve. You know he has a ministry in the church, Uh, Timothy. Timothy has a great ministry. Uh, We have, uh, these young men, they'd like to have a ministry in the church. Uh, TJ and Wesley, isn't it? Okay. They just vacuum the whole place. The moment... We leave today, you will hear vacuums. And who vacuums upstairs? Timothy. So, may God raise servants like this. Amen. And it doesn't matter how you serve and what you do for the church. We are all equally doing the same thing in the eyes of God. So, Timothy, God bless you. Yeah. The Bible is always clear, and there is no mistake in the word of God. Train your child in the way he should go. And when he grows up, what? He will not depart. Will not depart. So, those of you who have little ones, teenagers, they are growing. When you are at a certain time, you will be saved. I promise you that if you have trained in the way of the Lord. Now, thank God for Timothy. May God grow him. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark and Chapter Five. Verse twenty one, Ed Mark. Chapter 5, verse 21. We're going to read few verses, not many. And when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, that is to the western side, a great multitude gathered about him, and he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and upon seeing him fell at his feet and entered him and entreated him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her that she may get well and live. And he, Jesus, Went off with him. We stop here. We stop here. Before I go into. My message. I seldom. uh, Give it a title. I'm going to give you the title. And think about it. Jesus. The only hope. Jesus, the only hope. Whenever and wherever the Lord has been given a chance to work, he has been followed by a crowd. You read about that in all the Gospels. He has attracted to himself all kinds and classes of people. Men and women, young and old, rich and poor and poor, Respectable and not so respectable, Jews and Gentiles, etc. Why? Why? Because there was and is in him that which answer to something that is in every one of us. He is the one who has all answers to every question and every problem. With us in need, with him is fullness. Before us, a record. We read a little bit about it. Of need. A story which is recorded, actually happened. The need of a little girl, of a Jewish official. Beneath all distinction and genders and colors, nationalities, we see in every one of them a need. We're needy people, I always say that, especially in sorrow and suffering. Jairus, as we read, had only one daughter, Aged 12 years old, whom he dearly loved, her father and, of course, her mother, she was at the point of death. And this man came to Jesus and entreated him earnestly to come and heal her. What was the answer of Jesus? And Jesus went off with him. I want to share with you today three simple things that we should notice in this beautiful story. One, the reason for Jairus coming to Jesus. The reason. As I see it from the word of God, he came because he was in trouble. And when you are in trouble, where do you go? He came because he was in trouble. And how often it takes trouble to bring people to Jesus. I hope you agree with me that it is grim and lonely to face serious trouble without Jesus Christ. While circumstances remain prosperous, many people forget about Jesus. For that reason, just as an eagle, remember the story, as an eagle stirs up the nest and turns her young ones out into the midair, compelling them to fly, to use, in other words, to use their wings. So God allows many a human heart to be disturbed by troubles in order to realize how desperate their situation is. Have you experienced that? I've never experienced the quietness of the United States of America, the whole nation. I've never seen so many people going to churches on 9-11 as I experienced it myself. I said, am I living in the United States? All I can hear the freeway and the freeway was not as crowded as ever. People were were struck first time in our lives. We were hit and I learned and I read that churches were full. Unfortunately, not over one week or two. And then everybody went back to their lives. Yes sorrow and suffering and huge experiences like this one in the life of Jairus brought him to his knees he fell on his knees entreating Jesus about his daughter when we are in real deep trouble when we are in need what happens to things around us you know what and that's out of experience and I know it is yours. The world fails us. We might have a couple few friends. I'll pray for you. How many times you heard that? We'll keep you in our prayers. But there's no one you can go to that he will say, okay, let's walk together. Let's see your problem. Except the Lord Jesus Christ. As someone wrote, Laugh and the world laughs with you. Weep and you weep alone. The world has trouble enough of its own. That's what you get. Not so with Jesus. You don't get a cold heart. How many times we read about Jesus Christ? He had compassion on them, on Him, on the crowd. Even when they needed anything nothing but except to eat. He made food. Because he created. He's a creator. He can make food. You know that? From nothing. From a couple of loaves. He can fill the stomachs of 5,000 people. That is the nature of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a loving God. And I would say, Jairus, though you are a Jew, though you are an official, official of the synagogue, you came to the right person. You came to Jesus and asked him to interfere in this matter. You know, the absence of Jesus anywhere on our journey, you know what it means? Darkness and death. And his presence, on the contrary, means life, light, health, joy, and peace. That's our Jesus. That's our Savior. That's the one you can hang your life on him and all your hopes because he will never disappoint you. He came to Jesus. Also because no other could help. My little daughter is at the point of death. Jairus knew that doctors were now of no use to her. She's almost at the end. Nor could his religion do anything to her. There is no answer in any religion, in any person, for your problem, and I address each and every one, there is no answer in any doctor or physician. The only answer you can get a good answer and a good healing is from the Lord Jesus Christ. Only. Ruler of the synagogue, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. How many people who are so wealthy in the world, they own companies and when they're struck with a certain disease, they go to Mexico, they go to the world, they go to Europe, they go to Switzerland, and the end result, they die. Jairus came to the only place that he knew he will get help and his daughter lived because his name is Jesus, because he shall save his people from their sins and from their agonies. Yes, Jesus to him was the only hope. And he came with urgency. I tell you, he fell at his feet and you are my only help. The third thing, the reason he came to Jesus, because he believed in the power and willingness of the Savior. We assume or presumably, Jairus has seen Jesus before this time. Well, they lived in Capernaum, both of them now. And heard his teachings, no doubt about that. And witnessed some of his miracles and mighty works. Perhaps he had professed doubts about Jesus at that time. We'll wait and see. But now that he was in dire need, His real convictions came out, saddled his horse, and went to see Jesus. He knew at heart that there is my only chance. And you know what? Thank God for Jairus. He acted accordingly. How many times? We present the Lord Jesus to people. We we tell them, he is your only savior. Your only hope if you want to make it in life. Your only ray of living a life worthy of him is Jesus Christ. And you know what? let say, I'll think about it. I can't do it now. I have to build a family. I have to get married. Let me get married first, establish a family, and then I'll think about it. Let me tell you one thing. No one can give you a wonderful wife or a wonderful husband to live with for good until he comes except the Lord Jesus Christ. Young ones who are dreaming of getting a good man and man you want to get a a wonderful wife first I beg you come to Jesus. Offer him your life. Offer him your heart. He is your only hope, and he will prepare that beautiful woman or that handsome man and will give you eternal life, a wonderful life here and a wonderful life hereafter. Do you trust him? Like this man trusted him. Well, let's see the response of Jesus. Let's see the response of Jesus. This man came, pleaded, and offered, and pleaded his case, actually, on his knees, and showed his trust in Jesus. Let's see now the response of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And before we go any further, let's look at this story. When you read this uh, chapter, all of it, there's a, there are three, four miracles. He was in, a, in a gatherings. He was on the east coast first where he uh, dealt with evil spirits. Then he moved and uh, this man came to see him. In between, in between, after the man pleaded his case, the crowd followed and amongst them was a woman who was taken who had a hemorrhage for many years. How many of you know? Exactly. And, and while he was going, he was stopped. And here we find one man who, who wants him to come immediately. And a woman came to him from behind. And she wanted to get healed. We see one man, one is a man, and from the other side is a woman. He came for his child. She came from behind for herself. He was well to do. She was a poor woman. He came openly. You know how she came secretly? Do you know how she came from behind and touched, touched his clothes? He asked for a blessing. And she tried to steal a blessing from the Savior. Doesn't matter how you come. It doesn't matter which way you come. As you come by faith. Believing. Trusting. And these are two. Both got what they needed. Both both got the answer. And guess, guess what? She went home not bleeding anymore. And this man went home with Jesus Christ. This is the nature of our God. This is the nature of our God. Did Jesus turn away from that sad and distraught father? I ask you, did he? You say, I have no time for you. When we go to people, when we go to men and women, when we go to our manager, If there is any situation like this situation, no one can help. No one. Did he rebuke the woman with the issue of blood? They said, why did you touch me from behind? You were stealing a blessing? No. He came, said, you want to steal a blessing? Come and steal a blessing. I'm on the cross for you. This is the nature of our God. His nature is not to say, okay, bring them here like any other tyrant in history. He does not approve of tyranny. He is the sweetest, the most compassionate, the most loving friend you've, you will ever have. I have news for you, those people who think that our God is it. God sitting on the throne and looking at all the world said, let me catch someone. No, not that. He's sitting with his arms open. He's sitting with those nail-pierced arms and waiting for someone to say, Lord Jesus, I take you as my savior. He says, come unto me. Come, I've been waiting. That's the nature of our God. Loving and peaceful God. God. Yes, of course, while walking he couldn't. He had to talk to the woman. He was interrupted. He was going on an urgent call. The doctor cannot see anybody today because he has an urgent call. Isn't it what the doctors do? He cannot see you today. I will give you the first, uh, let me see. Okay. The first appointment we can give you is next week at 6 o'clock. And today is Monday. And what are you talking Giving me one week or two weeks? You, I will die. This is what the world offers. My first available slot is on Wednesday. And this is Sunday for you. This is not what you want. You, you want someone to say immediately I will go with you. You know what he said? You know what he said? When he offered him this and he went off with him. He didn't tell him I'm busy. But on the way this woman came. He halted. He stopped. Talked to the woman. Healed her. Healed her. He said, hey, it doesn't take much. It's not to take one week. It's going to take one week. It's not... It's, we don't need a biopsy. Did you ever hear about Jesus performing a miracle Adam and he needed to have a biopsy on that? <laughs> biopsy of what? To know what's in there. He created there. He created your kidney." He created your liver. He created your heart. He doesn't have to have an MRI. He doesn't have this equipment. He is everything. And I told the woman, go. You're not going to bleed anymore for the rest of your life. And it happened. Now, while waiting, while Jesus lingered, while Jairus lingered, you know, God has a plan for you and for me. It seems though the Lord went, went with him, started going with him, but he's, he's, uh, let's remember that God is never in a hurry. And we should le- learn to wait on him. And what is this interruption that happened in my life, Jared? Where did you, this woman come from? My daughter is going to die. While he was waiting for Jesus, word came from home to the leader of the synagogue, Jairus, and saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? This is the worst news a father or mother can ever hear. The worst news. Suddenly, he didn't know where he was. He just was in a, in a daze. But you know what? He stayed waiting. He didn't say, let's back up and leave. It's of no hope. I wish. I wish he'd come with me all kinds of thoughts must have, must have must have passed through the mind of Jairus one could be that yeah the response of jesus was too slow we can't think this way leave it with the world too slow jesus felt him and amidst all this trouble and amidst our all the fog that came into his life and the feelings of frustration and possibly anger, he looked at him from afar and told him one word. Do not fear. Only believe. Folks, we need to have this trust in Jesus. Regardless of your interruptions, Regardless of what you expect, let us not give up. How many times will, oh, I was waiting for the Lord to do this and do that and show me his miracle and show me his, his work and get rid of my enemies. And the Lord says from above, this is not my timing yet. Can you take that? Can you take it and cash it and live by it? Because in a time where you don't know when he will come through and then you'll fall on your knees and say what a mighty God we have. Let's not trouble the teacher anymore. No. Let's tell the teacher whatever happens, all the interruptions in the world, they are not going to affect my stand for you. He stood for us, right? And he's still standing. You know what? He's never too slow, Jesus, nor never too fast. Jesus is always on time. Remember that. Whether it's job, whether it's a beautiful wife you're hoping, and dreaming of a wonderful, handsome husband, okay, Jesus will come through and on time. I read a a little poem that goes like this. God's time is never wrong. Are you agree with me? Never too fast, nor too slow. The planets move to its steady uh, pace as the centuries come and go. Stars rise, and set by that time, the punctual comets come back with never a second of variance from the round of their viewless track. Let us set our clocks, folks, by God's, and order our lives by his ways, and nothing can come, and nothing can go, too soon or too late in our way. Welcome the interruptions. They will teach us what? Can you you think of a word? I have the word. Patience. Patience. And more dependence on God himself. Yes. Did he conquer the interruption? Let's let's, Let's see it. Now the result of him coming to Jesus. We looked at. That number one, the reason he came. Number two, the response he got from Jesus. Three, the result. The result of Jairus coming to Jesus. What did he do? Jesus entered his house. He wasn't expecting that. He entered his house. And when he entered his house, look what Jesus did the very first thing. And remember... Jesus expelled the sadness. When Jesus enters the house, he expels every sadness in your life. No matter what happens, there's a voice deep inside your heart that keeps saying, do not fear, only believe. That's how we live by, to increase our faith. And then, look what he did those people who are who were groaning who were wailing and those professional mourners that sing this is still in the middle east when someone dies they they hire a professional mourners to start uh, to, to start singing those sad hymns all day long he expelled them the mourners all get out of here and you know what When Jesus expels something, he replaces it. You know what he replaced it with? Unspeakable joy. This is what happens when Jesus enters your house. Is Jesus in your house? Further, is Jesus in your heart? Why are you sad? Why are you mourning? Why are you perplexed? Let me offer you. Let me offer you someone that will take all this. I offer you Jesus this afternoon. He will expel all mourning, all perplexion, all confusion, all sadness. And most of it, he will expel sin that is governing your life. Get them out. He changes everything. He lights up your heart with his presence and guidance and lives. And life, your life takes a new dimension with a blessed hope. You know who experienced that? David of old in Psalm 30, maybe Ed can put it there, verse 11. He said, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. It's not only joy, you will learn how to dance. How about that? If you don't dance. You will learn how to to enjoy Jesus Christ. He has turned for me my mourning into dancing, and thou hast loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. You wrap me all around with gladness in my life. Verses 30, Psalms Chapter 30, verse 11, sorry. And lastly, Jesus proved himself to be the prayer answering and the wonder working of miracles. There on a small bed, imagine with me, was the cold little body, 12 years old and cry. You have children that age? Twelve years old, pale-faced, still pretty with eyes closed in death. What anguish in the hearts of those two parents, but what utter of joy that breaks upon them when Jesus, the conqueror of death, takes the little one's hands, bends over her, and he says, I will interpret that. Little girly, get up. Puts tears in my eyes. Whatever your condition, whatever what kind of death you are, the Bible says we are dead in trespasses and sins. And we're so dormant, we're so pale, we have no hope. And Jesus is passing by today. And he's saying, little Adol, get up. Give me your life. Give me your heart. The eyes opened. The lips part in a lovely, lovely smile. And what happens? She, ta- she took a deep breath, sat in her bed. And hurried to embrace her mom and dad. Can you imagine what happened? Can you imagine the joy of these parents? And can you imagine that their life will never be the same again? From darkness into total light. From mourning into dancing. From sadness into joy. What pen could describe, could describe the joy of these parents? Is there something to learn for us this afternoon? To whom do we run? Who is our hope? Who is your hope in this life? Do you have Jesus, your hope? And you cannot own him unless you come to him like this man. He just threw himself at his feet. He said, I need help. You need help. Give him your life. Open your heart. Confess your sins. It doesn't take much. And he'll take you by the hand and he will pronounce your wonderful name. He says, get up. And let's start walking together. Delay. Is not denial. He taught him patience. But it is infinite love and wisdom to move you from something big into something bigger. From mediocrity into the best. And to give you a life that you think it is okay, mediocre. A life. Worthy of living. Jesus is still the life giver. The savior. The health bringer. And we all need him. Cannot live by him. And before you leave this auditorium this afternoon. Don't leave without him. Let your hope be real. Bow our heads all together, and ask Jesus at this moment. Lord, I want you to enter my life. I want you to change my life. I want you to take all sadness, or perplexity, anything that makes me a life just, just going, pushed by the waves. I want to live. Do you want to live a real life? Throw yourself at the feet of Jesus. If you know that your sins are not forgiven, say, Lord Jesus, I give you, I confess you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. This is where it starts. And take charge. And he will save you and give you a wonderful life. Our Father, we... Pray that through the Holy Spirit you work in our lives. And those who needed help today a new hope. I pray with all my heart that you speak to them. Change them. And give them the life that they deserve to live. A life with you. We remember our brothers and sisters who couldn't come today may you visit them and heal them and bring them back to us safely dismiss us we pray in Jesus name amen Amen. the meeting is over if you need to talk to me if you need to come and discuss with me your salvation I'll be here in the front seat sitting the others may